This is your official NXT TakeOver In Your House Starts and Reaction. What is up, guys? I am Shino D. Phoenix here, and I want to thank you guys for taking your time on a Wednesday or whatever day you listen to this um, to hear my review for NXT TakeOver In Your House, which I thought was a really good show. I mean, TakeOvers never disappoint me as a whole. Like, there, like some matches can be hit or misses, but this was really good, and I enjoyed the old-school aspect, and Todd Pattengale was on the show. I loved it. Just old-school vibes in my body right now, and there's a lot of Easter eggs, and I hope you guys can find it if you watch uh, the show, but anyway, thank you so much for tuning in, and um, before we discuss the, um, the show, as usual, we gotta do the social media plugins. Make sure you guys follow me on the Twitter, at Shino D. Phoenix. That's where I'm at most of the time. I live tweet for Raw, NXT, uh, AEW, SmackDown. I did watch Impact, um, but I only had... the only. I'll tell you the reason when we get to episode 69. So make sure you follow me on Twitter. Instagram, follow me, CoolManSip. That's where I'm at. Um, for Facebook users, like the Facebook page, no one's ready for wrestling, so you could get updates from me or what I post if you're a Facebook user. And as always, I gotta do this plug-in because episode 70, we're gonna do a mailbag, I'm gonna try and push it out to uh, all of you if I can. If you wanna email me your questions, please do so at the one and only phoenix1993 at gmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from. That way I can shout you out on the show. And I mean, use your real name. Please. <laughs> just th- just going to throw that out there as well. So I want to shout you guys out on the show because I really care for my listeners. But without further ado, let's talk about NXT TakeOver in your house. Now, the show actually started with a performance from Code Orange, which I didn't mind. I mean, they're the same band that performed... Uh, uh, Bray Wyatt's theme, if I'm correct. And they've performed with another band at another takeover uh, with Alistair Black's theme. But, I mean, them, it's, I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good, in my honest opinion, the performance-wise. If you like rock and metal, I think it was really good. So the show opened with a six-women tag team match between the Baby Faces, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox and the HBIC, Mia Yim, taking on the heels of Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae. Before the match, I want to mention, if you paid attention to um, Dakota Kai's hair, it was a tribute to um, Hana Kimura, which I thought, like, I had to write that down. I thought it was uh, really eye-catching, but I thought it was a nice tribute for, uh, for her right there. So, Mia and Candice start things off, only for Candice to do a tag over Cal Gonzalez, and like the chicken shit heel, that's what she does. And I'm, I'm really digging Candice LeRae in this heel role. I think she's doing a really good job. And I enjoy, enjoy what she's going, like what she's doing with um her feud between Mia and Keith Lee while, while pairing with John... Johnny. I thought that was great. So, 
Mia, she applied the gu- guillotine choke. Um, <clears throat> only for Raquel to s- escape. Knox and Dakota Kai tagged in. Um, he looks for the choke slam. Only for Kai to escape. Both women's they tr- they traded roll ups, and Knox headbutted Kai and followed it up with a European uppercut into a cannonball for a two count. Knox tags in Shotzi Blackheart, who I think should be next in line for the women's championship, and I'll explain why a little bit. Um, she tries to go for the senton, but Kai evades it and hits a scorpion kick on uh, Shotzi Blackheart, rolls her up for the two count. Um, <clears throat> Loray, she's in the ring, misses a senton on Shotzi on the outside. She hits a suicide dive. I thought this was great. Raquel catches her uh, when she tried to go for the suicide dive, but and she tosses her. Mia then follows it up with her own suicide dive on Kai and Gonzalez. Candice is next and hits the springboard cross plancha on Kai, Yim, Shotzi, and Gonzalez. And then you have um, Tegan Knox hitting the molly go round on pretty much everyone. Shotzi then hits a senton on LeRae for a two count, like right through the ring. Like through the ropes, by the way. She applies the cattle mutilation on LeRae, which looked brutal, and the bridge was perfect, only for Gonzalez to break it up. Kai tags in and takes care, like takes control of the match. Um, so fast forwarding a little bit, there was Candice countering the soul food into a pump handle German suplex for a two count, and both women are down. You had Knox and Gonzalez um, getting tagged in. And Knox was looking for the shiniest wizard, only for Gonzalez to counter into a powerbomb for a two count because Mia Yim broke it up. Candice and, Candace and Mia, they brawled um, out of the ring and into the garage, making this uh, a just a tag team match between Shotzi and Tegan versus um, Raquel and Dakota. So Kai accidentally kicks Gonzalez in the face. Knox chokeslams uh, Kai. Shotzi then follows it up with the uh, sliced bread cutter and assists the sliced bread cutter. You have... Knox finishing it off with a shiniest wizard to win the match for the babyface team. I thought this was really fun and a really good opener. So, I don't know where Tegan Knox might be going. Like, Shotzi, she's getting built up. Tegan Knox, she's been pretty much in the misdirection a little bit. But, I think I know where they might be setting her up since she pinned uh, Dakota Kai. So I'm just throwing that out there. Finn Balor and Damian Priest. This was great, man. Like, I gotta say, this was probably the best breakout performance for Damian Priest. And Finn Balor was a perfect opponent for him. Unbelievable stuff right here. So Balor, he wasted no time. Hit a missile dropkick on Priest. Uh, Balor hit an enziguri and chops Priest and the action is spilling on the outside. You have Priest sending Balor shoulder first into the steel steps. Because remember, that shoulder injury Balor suffered when he won the uh, 
Universal Champion. Well, he was the first Universal Champion. Right there, I thought that was a nice target spot for Damian Priest. He takes off part of the steel steps, and he hits Balor on... Like, he climbs up. I thought he was going to slam him on the steps, but he climbs up the steps, hits a side slam, putting Balor right through the ring apron, which looked brutal. Finn comes back with jumping forearms. He hit a vertical suplex on Priest and hits a sliding drop kick and proceeds to lay kicks on Damian on the outside. Priest went on to look for the razor's edge, but Finn Balor escaped looking for what I believe an inverted 1916, but Priest turns it into a broken arrow, which is pretty much a release uh, falcon arrow. Um, and is looking for the razor's edge again, but Finn takes down the legs and hits a double stomp. Which I thought was nice. They traded strikes with Finn hitting the Pele kick for a two count. Um, Priest looks for the choke slam, but Finn turns it into a roll up for a two count. Finn clotheslines him out of the ring, and I thought this was really cool. He clotheslines uh, Damian Priest out of the ring, lands on his feet, and just jumps on the ring apron, and he kicks Balor, slams him. Right through the apron, which I thought was nice. He hit a razor's edge. Like, on the outside, he razor edge Finn Balor through the apron, which looked brutal. Rolls him back to the ring. Goes for the cover. One, two, but no. Only for a close near fall. Finn hits a sling blade and is looking for the uh, Shogun dropkick. But Priest hits two roundhouse kicks or spinning roundhouse kicks, or what I like to say, the cyclone kicks, and is looking for the reckoning, but Balor countered it. Um, Finn hits the drop kick and is looking for the coup de grace, but Priest, he goes up on the top rope. Like, he goes up on the top and hits an avalanche choke slam for a close near fall. I thought that was it. Well, not really. I thought he was going to do, like, an avalanche reckoning. Now, both men battled on the apron, and Priest looks for the Razor's edge but on Balor, but, like, he was going to do it right on the apron and on, right through the steel steps that was uh, exposed. But Finn escapes, forearms him, and just the way Damian Priest landed on that steel step, his lower back was on it. And that was just, mmm, brutal, brutal landing. Like, he gets back in the ring. Balor hits a coup de gras on the back of Priest and finishes it off with a coup de gras to win the match. This was great, in my honest opinion. And I honestly feel, I don't know where Finn Balor goes from here. Maybe he might challenge Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. I don't know. But we'll talk about Adam Cole later on. Um, But this was great. Damian Priest... He needed a big win, but um, at the same time, I don't know what they're doing with him. This is a guy who can't, um, who's in a big match, but he can't win the big one. I don't know what what they might be doing with him. Maybe they, I don't think they're setting him up for a call up. I don't think that's happening. But I don't know what they might do with Damian Priest. He is just. 
So talented. He needs a big win. Some way, somehow. So, hopefully they find something for Priest. Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee for the NXT North American Championship. This was fucking awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, And I just... Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano, they did their shit. Um, two things I want to mention about their entrance attire and and uh, Keith Lee's ring attire is that Johnny's entrance attire, it reminds me of the Mandalorian from, you know, Disney Plus from the Star Wars. Just saying. And Keith Lee, he had a Black Lives Matter on the black like, on the back of his uh, attire, which I thought was nice. Now, speaking of that, speaking of that, there is a news regarding Triple H, and he tells WWE NXT wrestlers that they can discuss Black Lives Matters with him. Um, and some of the negative... So, here it is. Amid some of the negativity being directed at WWE in the last week because of their... um political affiliation, there is some good news coming out from NXT. NXT wrestler AJ Francis noted on Twitter that Triple H told the wrestlers that they are welcome to walk up to him and discuss Black Lives Matter to him. He tweeted this out. While somebody out there, somebody out here snitching to these dirt sheets about everything, somebody needs to snitch that Triple H came and told us all that if we... We today, tomorrow, or ever want to talk to him about our feelings on Black Lives Matters, he wants to have that convo. And he added, and he don't have to do that. And he still made sure that we knew that we could. That's an alley. So, I thought that was a nice... I thought that was nice. So, see, at least Triple H understands. A li- Like, I would say... No, 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 I'm not going to say a little bit, but see, Triple H makes a great leader for NXT. He cares for his talents. And I know that could be up to debate, but this is what I think, in, in my honest opinion, if you want a discussion, so be it. I think that would be nice to let people understand that. But this was, but going into the match, you had Lee shoulder tackling Gargano. Gargano looks for the Tope Suicido, and I just love this. He catches Gargano, and <laughs> just the face that he's making was uh, amazing when he got caught. Uh, Gargano escapes a power bomb. He looks for the soup. He super kicks him and looks for the Centon, but once again, Lee catches him and is looking for the spirit bomb, but Gargano focuses on the eye, the I that he stabbed the key of success to uh, Keith Lee on the go home show for Takeover in Your House, and I thought this was funny because I wanted to add this uh, on the notes. Gargano he tried to open the door, but the door was locked, and you see the security cam footage of Keith Lee walking up to him, and he slams him to the door and hits a grizzle magnum on Gargano. I thought that was funny. Whoever did that shot deserves uh, a fucking raise. We had a step up in Zaguri by Gargano, and he takes control by hyperextending the fingers of Lee. And I literally, like, every time I see a hyperextension or the joint manipulation, I just cringe, man, because it, like, I can imagine the pain that they're in when 
someone's doing a joint manipulation. And you had the crowd chanting, um, Johnny sucks. <laughs> I love it. Um, Lee comes back with uh, forearms, but Gargano hits Lee with the step up enziguri and looks for the slingshot spear, but Lee just swats him down. But Lee counters it with, um, no, he hits, he strikes him down and hits a backbreaker, goes for the cover only for a two count. Gargano counters with a leaping armbar. It looks like he was trying to do a pop-up spirit bomb, but he countered it into a, a armbar. But Lee escapes and clotheslines Gargano for a two count. Lee looks for the spirit bomb again, but Gargano turns it into a sunset flip roll-up for a near fall. And you have the crowd chanting, uh, Gargano sucks. Gargano sucks. Like... John Cena, I thought that was hilarious. That's how you can tell Johnny Gargano doing a, is doing great in this heel role. Gargano, he super kicks Lee, looks with, and Lee headbutts Gargano, looks for the Big Bang catastrophe, but Gargano rolls up Lee for a two count. Roundhouse kick by Gargano, and Lee hits a pop-up spine buster, and Gargano rolls on the outside. He kicks the injured hand, Gargano does, and hits a suicide DDT on Lee. Like a suicide tornado DDT. He tried to bring Lee in the ring, but to no avail. And Lee, and he just stops the ref from counting. And this is where I thought was the biggest holy shit moment of the uh, match. Keith Lee, he fucking pounced Johnny Gargano right through the pexiglass. And I thought that was very, very good. Like, and I'm like, God damn. <laughs> Brutal. Lee, he walks with Gargano on his shoulder, and out comes Candice LeRae. And she's staring at Gargano. She's staring at Lee, and I'm thinking, I think this is it. I think Gargano's going to win the title. So Mia Yim is out behind her. They brawl to the ring. The ref is distracted, and they... And while the ref was distracted, he pulled out the keys that he put in his uh, tights. Remember, like, remember that. In his entrance, he locked the door, put the key in the tights, and um, and he, I knew he was going to use that some, some way, somehow. So he stabs him in the eye and hits the one final beat. And I thought this was it. One, two, Keith Lee kicks out. Super kick, kick out. Another super kick, kick out. Another super kick to the back of the head. And he kicks out. Keith Lee, he hit a spirit bomb on Johnny Gargano. Hits another one and finishes Gargano off with a big bang catastrophe to win and retain the NXT North American Champion. This was awesome. This was absolutely awesome. And I forgot to mention this about Finn Balor. This is his 11th takeover win. So he set a new record right there. So I totally forgot to mention that. But back to the North American title picture. I thought this was great. You're um, you're literally... How should I put this? You're continuing the feud. Because it would make so much sense if Gargano wins the NXT North American Championship first. And then you could do Candice. I don't know. 
we'll, we'll think of what they might do for her in the women's title program. But the, Alicia, like this continues. And um, I think they might save it for SummerSlam. I don't know. SummerSlam week. We got the backlot brawl between Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole. This was a mixed bag, to say the least. Some people enjoyed it. Some people didn't. I'm on the fence of it was fine, but it could have been better. And I felt it was the weakest of the cinematic matches that WWE did, in my honest opinion. Now, Adam Cole, he comes out with an Undisputed Era monster truck, which, I mean, if you love monster trucks, I mean, that's uh, your that's your taste. Velveteen Dream comes with the yellow Lamborghini and he is dressed as fucking Negan from The Walking Dead. And he has the Bat Lucille. <laughs> I-, I loved it. I thought that was good. Dream knows how to make an entrance. Like, that's all. I- like, I could just say that about Dream every single time. He knows how to make an entrance during a big match. Now, Cole tried to hit Dream with the title... But Dream rolls him up for a two count. He backslides Cole for a two count. And you have Velveteen. Yeah, Adam Cole. He's like, you're not worthy. I'm leaving. He goes into a car. But Dream hits it with Lucille. So they brawl. And Uber is driving. It's like, does anybody need a... Did anyone call for an Uber? So they go into Uber. Dream slams Cole's head on inside and he brings him back out and the ref's like look you gotta go you gotta leave so dream he throws a he throws Cole into the garbage can and hits him with it as well and the set reminds me of Bourbon Street in New Orleans for some reason I don't know why it just reminds me of Bourbon Street um he opens the door like Cole was literally hiding in one of the doors that was locked so Dream finds one that's unlocked and he uses a fire extinguisher on Dream. He sends Cole... Now, Velveteen, he sends uh, Cole to the turnbuckle face first. Hits a double axe handle on Cole and on like, right on the outside. Looks for the cover, but the ref stops the count because Adam Cole was on the ropes, which, correct me if I'm wrong, there's no rope breaks and... um. And a backlot brawl. There's no disqualification, if I'm correct, right? So why is there a rope break? So I I just need an answer for that. I thought that was kind of stupid. Adam Cole, he asks for a timeout and Dream's looking for a double axe handle again. I don't know if he's looking for a purple rainmaker or something, but it looks like a double axe handle. But Adam Cole super kicks him. Adam looks for the Panama Sunrise, but Dream super kicks him. He slams Cole on, and uh, right on the car, and he slams him in the back, right on his back on the car, and he grabs a ladder. And he's talking shit. Out came Bobby and Roddy to give Cole time to recover, so they brawl on the ladder, and Adam's doing the Adam Cole baby, and Dream just shoves him off the ladder and onto the uh, windshield of the car and you could see his arm literally bleeding Strong and Fish attack Dream and they proceed to throw multiple chairs in the ring that's going to play a part 
So there was one chair that was right on the ground, and Bobby Fish was telling um was telling Roddy to go get it. The chair just disappears, and out come, under the ring is Dexter Loomis. He attacks both Strong and Fish, puts them both in the trunk, pretty much kidnapping them, and he drives off. Adam Cole, in the ring, looks for the Panama Sunrise, but Velveteen Dream counters it into a Dream Valley driver for a near fall. You had Dream hitting the Purple Rainmaker for another near fall. So, he's like, this, your dream will be dream over. And like, no disqualification, Adam Cole low blows the Velveteen Dream, hit him right in his dreams, and hits a Panama Sunrise through the stack of chairs. And he wins with the Panama Sunrise. No last shot. Finally, a win with the Panama Sunrise. And he retains the NXT Championship. I thought this was the right decision. I'm okay with this move because um, I just I don't I don't know, man. Because I I just think Adam, I think Velveteen Dream. If there was a crowd, then yes, he would have won the NXT champion. But like, I honestly feel where does the Velveteen Dream go from here? Now there are speculations that he might get called up, but now there's a report going around gone around saying that um um that he's not going to get called up and he's going to stay in NXT for a while. So, I think that's a smart move because I cannot trust Vince McMahon with Velveteen Dream. Plain and simple. Now, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, he wins the uh, he retains the uh, championship and he's not leaving WWE anytime soon. And PW Insider, they reported that Cole has over 18 months left. Uh, on his current deal. So he shouldn't... It, fans shouldn't expect him to leave anytime soon. And it was reported that... Um, Cole's deal with the company was slated to expire in September. And... There was speculation as to what he would do... Once his contract was slated to expire. As he has the option... Of going to All Elite Wrestling... With Britt Baker... Where his girlfriend Britt Baker is currently wrestling. So... And speaking of Britt Baker, she, after the match, she sent out a tweet, like a concerned look on her face because of that backlot brawl. And I, I, I just feel that, um, <laughs> like anything involving Britt Baker and Adam Cole, no matter what show they're on, it's, gr- it's great shit. But this is fine. I don't, like, what's next for Adam? Do you have him go against Dexter Loomis? Which I know they advertise tonight on NXT, but it's a non-title match. Is it going to be Dexter Loomis challenging Adam Cole for the NXT Championship? Or they might have Finn Balor challenge for the NXT Championship. I don't know. But we're going to have to find out. As for Dream, I don't know what his, his next direction will be now that he can no longer challenge for the NXT Championship. I mean, he can challenge for the North American Champion... I don't know. That's up to you guys to decide. Karrion Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa. I fucking love Karrion Cross. That entrance is just a thing of beauty. And you had the people in, from NXT developmental chanting fall and pray. It felt like a cult, which I loved. I thought that was really, really good. 
Um, all I can say is there is big plans for um for good old Karrion Cross for NXT. Champa is like a veteran. He, I think he's NXT for life, depending on his Twitter spat with Randy Orton, in which Vince McMahon doesn't like for some reason. How can you be unhappy with something that um people are invested in? Why? Because you don't like them starting feuds that you don't want to build? Well, that you're not writing yourself? Just saying. But anyway, back to the match. Ciampa, he hits multiple strikes on Cross, but Cross just no-sells it like... Yeah, it's not affecting me. He hits a cross suplex. Ciampa hits a big boot, but cross once again gets up like it's nothing. He hits an apron bomb on Ciampa. I thought that, like, right on the back of the dude's neck. That looked fucking brutal. Cross, he hit another suplex on Ciampa across the ring and hits another one. He hit a Northern Lights suplex, bridged out of it, and turned it into a brutal fucking clothesline. Champa, he hits multiple slaps, a step up in Zagiri into the running knee strike that sends Cross out of the ring. He gets back, hits Willow's Bell, and it was a close near fall. Champa hit uh, multiple running knee strikes on Cross, and he's looking for the fairy tale ending. But Cross counters it into what looks like a F5. And he ends the match with the cross jacket on Ciampa. And he just passes out. This was fucking brutal. And this is how... And I literally said, that's how you make a monster. And I guarantee you, they got... They trust Karrion Cross with all their might. And him and Scarlett, I, I can see them running through NXT... Like, nothing. Nothing. I think that would be great. Ciampa, like I mentioned, I honestly feel that he could be the veteran getting over the new up-and-coming talents. I think that would be the best role for him because I don't think calling him up to the main roster is going to do him any favors. He himself said, I would rather retire than go to Raw and SmackDown. I mean, if you want, send Randy Orton to NXT and have him feud with Ciampa. I think that would sell. Trust me. That would be a great idea for a takeover. Ciampa versus Randy Orton. Sign me up. I don't want it at SummerSlam. I want it on a takeover. <laughs> Plain and simple. Finally, the main event. Now, I thought the NXT Championship was going to main event, but the women have main event a takeover in your house. Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair. And there's two notes before we talk about this match. Number one... The last time the women main evented a TakeOver event was at TakeOver Respect. And if you remember, it was Sasha Banks and Bayley in an Iron Woman match for the NXT Women's Championship. And it was really great. And another thing, and they mentioned this, Charlotte has been in 66 title matches in the WWE. That is unbelievable. And trust me, I'm going to talk more about Charlotte, not on this review. I'll explain what I'm going to do in the end, okay? But this match rightfully deserves the main event. I thought this was great. And the outcome put a smile on my face. But even though I wish the other person would have got pinned. Now, Charlotte, she rolls out like the heel would do and says, Look, 
you guys go at it. I'm going to pick the bones. And crowd, the crowd was chanting, you don't go here. And Charlotte was replying that she made here. Like, I, I hate that. That sounds so forced. Io rolls up Rhea after Charlotte hits a cheap shot on uh, Rhea from behind. Charlotte then comes in the ring, hits a fallaway slam on Io and kips up. Charlotte chops both Io and Rhea and they just said, fuck it, I had enough of this woman. Double teamed her and got her out of the ring. Rhea takes Flair off the apron and misses a dive and Charlotte slams her through the barricade. Io hits a Frankensteiner on on uh, Charlotte, like flying through the apron and on the outside. And Charlotte didn't, I did not like how Charlotte sold the Frankensteiner. It just looked so slow. Like, I wish she could make her off, sell the offense and make it believable, to say the least. Charlotte, she sends Io through the turnbuckle and throws her to Rhea. She avoids, like, Io does her backhand spring and tries to go for the dropkick, but Charlotte counters it into a Boston Crab. Rhea, she, com- she comes back with multiple clotheslines and a knee strike on Charlotte. And hits a basement dropkick. And Io, I don't know what it is. It looked like a pop-up knee strike on uh, Rhea. And then she followed it up with a 619 to Charlotte Flair. And hits her with a victory roll-up into a double stomp, which I love seeing. I thought that was awesome. And double stomp in a, into a missile dropkick for uh, a two-count. Fast-forwarding a little bit, you have Io and Rhea... They knocked each other out with their strikes. They exchanged words while holding each other. And Charlotte spears both of them. And she covers Io two count. Covers Rhea two count. So Charlotte, she brings Rhea and Io. She's trying to do a moonsault, which her moonsault is fucking awful. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Charlotte's moonsault is absolutely awful. And... Rhea, she gets the knees up to counter it, and Io rolls her up for a two count. Rhea looks for the riptide on Io, but she counters it into a crossbody, and she applies the crossface on uh, Charlotte Flair, only to be broken up by Rhea. She big boots Rhea for a two count, and she avoids the natural selection, and s- while Rhea avoids the natural selection, and she super kicks her and slams Charlotte's face first, and Io hit a picture perfect. Springboard missile dropkick on Rhea. Io with the double knees on Rhea. Charlotte hits natural selection on Io for a near fall. And like Charlotte, she just looks like she's stunned or something. Like she can't put over the most talked about woman in WWE. Uh, Charlotte looks for the figure eight on Io. Only for Rhea to like drag um, her out of the ring. And they brawled outside. Charlotte throws Io in the house. And Rhea tosses a potted plant at Charlotte, leading to both of them brawling. Io Shirai is a fucking is fucking amazing. She is absolutely amazing. She climbs up the top of the house, hits a picture perfect diving crossbody on both Rhea and Charlotte. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Io looks for the moonsault, but Rhea stops her and avoids Charlotte's spear at the same time. Io looks for the Frankensteiner, but Rhea st- st- uh, stops it from uh, 
happening and <clears throat> stops it from happening. But Charlotte Big Boots EO, Rhea hits an avalanche riptide, the same move, the same move that um she used to be Shayna Baszler, only for EO to break it up. Um EO with the show taste strikes. Rhea counters the victory roll-up into the Prism Trap, which was a reverse uh, cloverleaf. Charlotte hits both of these women with ladies with the kendo stick. Spears, no, Spears Rhea Ripley applies the figure eight only for EO to moonsault on Rhea. Her knees got on uh, Rhea's head, and she pins Rhea Ripley to win the NXT Women's Championship. Now... I am happy that Io Shirai is the NXT Women's Champion and is well-deserved because it's been a long time coming. You had streamers, you had all, all this shit flying, like these confetti flying in the ring, just like you see in Japan, like in Stardom. So I thought they paid a nice, great homage to Stardom and their Japanese uh, culture right there. I, I got to give it to them, right? I thought that was awesome. Um... Now, would it have been better if EO pinned Charlotte Flair? Absolutely. I think she would have been a bigger star, but this is WWE. They didn't they don't want their Golden Girl to be pinned. But look, the match was good. It was good overall, and this was a well-deserved win for EO Shirai. And the era of EO begins in this women's div- division, and I can't wait to see the matches that she's gonna she's going to bring to the table to make these women look relevant. I I think she's going to bring that title back to the prestige that it has, that it needs. And since it's been devalued by Charlotte, EO's the perfect woman to bring it. Bring prestige to that NXT Women's Championship like she did in stardom. Now, where does Rhea Ripley go from here? I don't know. She looks lost in the shuffle. She looks out of place. And quite frankly, I I don't even know what they're going to do with Rhea Ripley at this point. Charlotte Flair, like, after the show, they announced that Charlotte would be going one-on-one against Asuka, which literally bugged me, and I just asked, why? She lost the NXT Women's Championship, and now she's going to be facing Asuka? But, which I already saw on Raw, and I'll save that for later. But, um... NXT TakeOver overall, I thought it was a really good good show. TakeOver's never disappoint me. The only weak match I thought was the NXT Championship. I thought the Backlot Brawl was uh, disappointing a little bit. But the poll, I looked at it, uh, it's a resounding 100%. So you guys said it's a great show. I think it's really good overall. But I am getting out of here, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to my review for NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. Follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. Send me your questions. You can email me, the one and only Phoenix1993 at gmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from. That way I can shout you out on the show because I care for my listeners. And you guys are awesome. So, I will see you guys later for episode 69. We're going to have a big, big discussion on this episode because we're going to talk about Charlotte Flair. I'm, 
I got a huge, huge rant regarding Charlotte Flair. Um, also, we're going to be doing backlash predictions for uh, backlash. And I can tell you, I'm still not looking forward to this pay-per-view for some reason. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. There's no match that literally intrigues me right now. And look, I could say Edge and Orton, they cut fantastic promos. But I look at the card, it just looks like filler, to say the least. That's what it is. It's a filler pay-per-view. Now, hopefully, hopefully, um, I don't know what they might do. But anyway, I'll see you guys later for episode 69 of No One's Ready for Wrestling. Till then, take care, be safe, and support wrestling as much as you can. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace out.